This is the Strategic Hot Box Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some a- Today's topic, showbiz leadership. Welcome back to the Strategic Hot Box. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. And boy, are we in for a treat today. And our episode today is called Drags to Riches, Family Traditions, Strip Performer to Entrepreneur. It's going to be great. Let's get started. And what is something that uh, other artists, maybe other uh, business people, other entertainers just don't realize about the daily business grind? So when I first got here, the way it worked is if you performed, you'd get a paycheck at the end of the week. Then it was like a thing that they're calling four walls where you like rent the room like a restaurant. You'd be a vendor. And then you had to learn marketing when you got into that. Step. And then then it went further. They wanted this from you and that from you. And you had to play this game every day and jump over these hoops because all they wanted to do was get more money into their pockets. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're making a lot of money on product. Let's charge 25% for product. Oh, um, people are taking photos after the show and doing meet and greets. Let's take some of that money. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think when you're not playing the game every day, mm-hmm. you think you just walk in and it's like the old days where they give you a check. And I, I love when I, I see people pitching shows and they go, okay, there's 100 seats. And if everybody paid $100 and they tally it up and I go, no. If they knew <laughs> the commissions the brokers took, th- there is some... A lot of brokers that when we you buy, let's say you just bought a ticket for my show, mm-hmm. the broker ends up with more money than the actual artist or the hotel or the product itself. Wow. So people go, oh, you're getting $200 a ticket. No, I'm probably getting 17 but somebody's getting 200 <laughs> Right, right. Wow. And so, so yes. that- and every year it gets harder because every year the ivory tower gets somebody sneaking up into it and going, you could do this. You could do that. Yeah. New way to make money. And like you said, once they see another avenue for money, like whether it's merchandise, mm-hmm. whatever, then they're trying to... Right, because what we do is when they cut us in one area, we try to create another area. So being the creative people, we come up with these ideas and then they take a portion of it or figure out a way to take a portion of it. Mm-hmm. So it's really strange. And our two major players in Vegas would be Caesars Entertainment and MGM. Mm-hmm. So when the executives cross-pollinate and they do, you know how we made money here at Caesars, but now we have a job at MGM and we go, how come you're not doing this? Do this. The bottom line's going to go up and vice versa, the same thing. So pretty soon, the mom and pop shows like myself are really not going to be able to, now 90% of them fall. I don't mm-hmm. think anything will last because you need the hotel to want you there, invest right. in you. It used to be a lost leader. Mm-hmm. And now it's not. It's something they want to make money from. So when it comes to being a strip performer to entrepreneur, the idea here is a transition from art necessarily to business, from a transition from one area to another. So this could apply to an athlete, for example, that's been working in athletics or living a career of athletics and then gets hurt and then is devastated. It's like, now what? Now what do I do with my life? And I've got a complete 
completely change kind of scopes and go go somewhere else. Or for those that are in the arts and you're going down a path and you reach a peak or a place where you're no longer going to be as effective or you don't want to live that lifestyle any longer. So it's anyone that really wants to make a transition from something that they've dedicated their lives for. I was talking to an athlete recently about that very fact and the fact that they had they had literally lived 20 plus years of their you know adult or, or, or teenage to adult life dedicated hours and hours and hours dedicated to this craft and now it had been taken away from them and it's like how do you even what do you even do you wake up and it's like how do you even process through that and so it really is a transition that many of us that are listening and watching can can relate to it also applies to young people and what i mean by that is don't you don't have to know what you want to do with your life you don't have to know and have it all figured out but don't take time off to try to do that. And what I'm what I want to say in that is so often I will hear young people say, you know, I'm just I'm not going to go to school when I graduate because I just want to take some time and I'm not going to work. I'm just going to or maybe I'll just get this like side job or whatever. And then don't do that. If you're going to do that, at least go to the community college or go do something in the meantime, a technical college or get some sort of um, experience in some sort of career. Don't take time off. I, I was watching the real world or some show that I probably shouldn't have been watching, but I was totally watching it. And one of the girls on the show was probably like 25. And she's like, I have my own place. I've got my own apartment and I have my own car. And everybody on the show was just like, dude, that girl's got her shit figured out. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, she's down. And then I thought to myself, okay, so she's this hot chick that she's got a car and she's got an apartment. And then she's going to wake up in five years and realize that is not enough to be hot. When she's 30, it's not enough to be hot just to have a car and an apartment. But when you're 25 or whatever, it's, it's, it's enough. It's fine, right? And I think that so often the trajectory isn't, isn't there. And so people will take time off from their life. And while everyone else was working, while everyone else was going to school, everyone else was doing something to, pro- to progress in their career, people that aren't are the, it, the, the paths change pretty significantly. And so I urge everyone that's listening is don't take time off from your life that go after something and then transition from that something if you need to, if you do figure out that it may not be right for you. That's, and, you know, our whole our whole rule is never take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. So we'll be honest. We'll be like, dude, you're doing something really stupid. Come on, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll be like, all right, I'm doing something stupid. Yeah. You know, but if if you just look at somebody like a stranger and go, all right, they're just going to be stupid. They're mm-hmm. just going to do their own thing. Okay, they're going to go their own direction. Then everybody's going to start to go their own direction. Then the next thing you know, it's like it's it's chaos. So it's mm-hmm. nice. You got to reel people in. You got to be like, dude, you know, we'll, we'll get into sibling stuff later. But <laughs> a couple of days ago, because we share our room with Matt Franco, who's an amazing magician. And sometimes he does two shows a day. So our schedule is all over the place. One mm-hmm. night I'll do 9.15. One night I'll do 8 o'clock. One night I'll do 4 o'clock. My brother had no idea we had a Saturday show at 4 o'clock because oh. Easter was the next day. Uh-huh. We, we're usually off on Saturday. Oh, okay. So I usually walk in 10 minutes before I have a dressing room. I come in and my brother's usually sitting there and he's not sitting there. I go, hmm, maybe he's going over stuff with the band. And then I go to the back and, and I see his ear back there to hear the show and it's sitting there. And I go, Wow, that's like never really sitting there. I look at the band. I go, have any have any of you seen Nick? They go, no, we never see Nick. We just, you know, start the show and he's there. He's, oh, okay, Nick, do you know there's a show? He goes, what do you mean it's a show? It's Saturday. We're off. Oh, I go, no. Nick, we're, we're on stage in one minute. Oh, no. He goes, all right, I'll get there, buddy. I go, okay. Uh, so I look at the guys in the band. I go, all right, so who wants to play drums? 
Oh my goodness. You know, so we're looking at each other going, can you do that? I go, yeah, I can do that, but I need to do that for this part. Uh, okay. Uh, so our sax player, all of us luckily play like, you know, two to three instruments, which is cool. My sax player looks at us and goes, you know, I can, I can cover at least the first four songs. Mm. We go, all right, bro. You're the drummer. Go. Oh, drum. my goodness. You know, and then I'm like to Dave during the song. By the way, the sax solo, dude, you got to do that on your guitar. Right. So we're all there just like going with the flow. I'm freaking out. I've had about seven heart attacks in the first mm-hmm. six songs. I'm like trying not to curse out my brother in my head. But again, it's all the time slots are all over the place. It's the first Saturday we've ever worked. I totally right. get it. Uh, he comes on stage and... It's so cute. He's, he's in his pajamas. We had, <laughs> he had no time to change. Oh, he just so he's in his sweatpants. Came. He's in his UGG slippers. Oh, no. Um, yeah, and the first song that he comes back and does, he's at the front of the stage at me doing Rock This Town by Brian Setzer. Uh-huh. So he's got a stand-up kit. I got my guitar, and we got a stand-up bass. So there he is with his pajamas in front of the whole crowd. <laughs> okay, so then we come clean to everybody and go, look, everybody. Normally, we have six guys in the band at the start of the show, but Nick wasn't here, and... Yeah, so there's a lot of stress. Did everybody just go? Woo! Everybody was like, "Wow!" And look at his nose. And you got to look at our sax player. That was dude. The guy stepped in and was able to do drumming on those first songs. It was unbelievable. You know. So uh, yeah, we have a lot of those fun moments. Do you think that you give him? You gave him in that moment more leeway because he's your brother. Uh, I gave him as much leeway as a brother can give a brother. And then how about the ass beating that happened afterwards? Yeah, was well, that, 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 that it, was, it, was, it was verbal <laughs> abuse. That's how I'd like to call it. It was verbal mm-hmm. abuse. Um, I said, Nick, man, you know, look, his, his wife is pregnant too. Mm-hmm. He's, she's gonna, they're going to have a kid in two weeks. Wow. So there's a lot of tumultuous things going on right now. But, uh, you know, dude, everybody else is here. You got to be here. Right. You know, when you got to reel somebody in, you got to reel somebody in, Nick, man. You got to look at the schedule week out. You got to know like what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I get that you're about to be a dad. I get that you got a lot of stuff going on, but you know, it's, it's a give choice. and take. It's yeah. give and take, you know, it's yeah. And we all go into it with that choice. And I treat him like anybody else. I go, sure. dude, if this happens again, you know, you're going to force me to look for other people. Like, I don't right. want to have to do that. Right. Because I've right. lost guys, you know, for the same, if not less. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so then it was time to transition and you want to transition out to become, was that, was that hard? It was extremely difficult. And actually, I wasn't even thinking ahead like that. I was mm-hmm. thinking, it's time for me to get out of here. I'm sick mm-hmm. of the politics. I'm tired of being told I'm too skinny or too fat. Mm-hmm. And I'd been, I did it a long time, and I felt like I got to the place where I couldn't go any further. Yeah. So I, um, I got a job bartending. Mm-hmm. And so I was bartending, and it was not fulfilling me because I was always doing something that was very I was very passionate about, and all of a sudden I was clocking in and clocking out. Sure. And so then I started reevaluating what is it that I would like to do that I could feel that sort of passion about. Right. Um, and I remembered this right when I got out of high school, my mom said, what are you going to do, Liz? And I said, I'm going to be a showgirl mom. Right. She was not happy about that. <laughs> it's and, like every little girl in Las Vegas. I'm going to be in show yeah, business. She, she just looked at me like, oh my goodness. So she signed me up t- for school to, to do nails. Mm. So I went to a three month program to, so I would have this trade so that I could, support fall back or whatever sure uh-huh. right and when she signed me up for that i told her i said i, I would think i would rather do skincare mm. and at the time it was 1997 right and no there wasn't day spots did you anywhere. just drop how old we were on this this podcast <laughs> that just happened in the 1900s <laughs> in the 1900s <laughs> before 20 <laughs> so that so, it was back before it was as popular as it is now yeah so i went and i worked at a a day spa for about eight months mm-hmm. and i met a bunch of estheticians there. And so I thought back to that time when I was getting ready to leave 
um, dancing. And I was like, I think that's what I would like to do. It's yeah. something that I could be passionate about. And I'm really grateful that I found something that yes. I'm passionate about. Because it, to your point here, you had spent so much and dedicated so much to being there that it's hard to even think outside of that once it's time that you knew it was time to go. But it's yeah. like, how do you think outside of that? That you know, well, that... And it's scary. And mm-hmm. on on another level, you you kind of identify yourself. Like for the sure. last six years before I quit dancing, I was Liz from Crazy Girls. I was Liz from Crazy Girls. So then all of a sudden I was just Liz. And I didn't know who that was. So it took me a minute to figure out my identity not connected to being a showgirl. Thank you so much for saying that. And I imagine that some girls don't get out and then other girls end up transitioning to things that they shouldn't. And, and, and so often we do attribute ourselves to what we have dedicated our lives to. Yeah. And then how do you build the new or build yourself first before, you know, you can do a career? Well, yeah, it's extremely difficult too, because my husband's an entertainer. He's a juggler and he works on cruise ships. And so here I, I stopped, I hung up my fishnet, so to speak. <laughs> and um, my husband is still, you know, and I, I missed it. And he's still like, oh, I got to get my costume or I got to get a new mic or, oh, I had a standing ovation. And I found myself jealous. Yeah. I wasn't doing it anymore. And he still is. Right. And I had to kind of find a way to find something to Fulfill make me that. happy by myself. Yeah, that makes sense. It absolutely does. And so when it comes to uh, drag in general, have you seen an evolution of of the acceptance of that in Vegas or or the 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 glamour of it in Vegas? Yes. Um, And I I have to be honest, since I had a show in drag, Mm -hmm. I lived in an ivory tower for 25 years because. I was the person then in the ivory tower. I didn't know what was going on outside. And like what I was doing here and getting applauded for, I could get beat up or killed somewhere else. So um, the the time has changed, but now I'm finally seeing what went on downstairs on the floor. And, 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 and it's still there. RuPaul has really put it in the mainstream for television, mm-hmm. but it's still not where it should be. Mm-hmm. And it goes in and out of cycles like Tootsie and Mrs. Doubtfire and mm-hmm. Tu Wong Fu and Birdcage. Anytime one of those movies are in it um, and you see your favorite stars doing drag, it becomes acceptable for that group. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And and hopefully it'll keep being like that. Like I did the movie with Sandra Bullock, Miss Congeniality 2. And the ending scene was all about drag where they came into my showroom to find the killer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just... Another movie that used it's always fun. People always love it. And mm-hmm. uh, if people just loosen up a little bit more, I think that the, everybody I had Marines come out of my show and go, my wife dragged me here. I'm not going to lie. No pun intended. <laughs> but I had the best time. And you, you changed my my viewpoint on the whole situation. Oh, that's that, that that's amazing. And have we in the, the 20 years that, you know, that you've been here in Vegas, have 35 you years. 35 years that you've mm-hmm. been here in Vegas? Has it changed enough? Has it changed that much? Um, It's changed. I'd like to think I was a big part of that change. Um, And but I know there were people before me like, you know, you know, a lot about Stonewall or Stonewall in New York when Judy Garland died. It was illegal for people to do drag. And all these drag queens were at a bar called Stonewall. Hmm. And uh, there were riots and everything. And they're the ones that opened the doors for us to be able to do it. We opened the doors to get it into casinos and let mainstream 
Mm-hmm. RuPaul got it onto television. So it is constantly growing like that. Right. But I wish it would grow a little bit quicker. Yeah. It, and that's, that's the unfortunate piece of it is, is that it's been around for as long as it has. And yet it isn't mm-hmm. as mainstream as it could be already. And if you want to really go back, think about Kabuki mm-hmm. uh, with the makeup and everything. Think about Shakespeare. Oh, right. No women were allowed to be in the place. So the men had to be. So it really goes back further than you know you just consciously think every day it's sure. uh, it's got a history so what philosophies do you live by today in what you're doing uh, my biggest thing that i do today for my business is every day well usually the night before i think about the three most important things that i need to do the next morning for my business mm-hmm. whether it's a phone call an email a post mm-hmm. whatever it is so when i get up in the morning and i get my kid off to school and i have my coffee I do those three things first. I don't go on Facebook. I don't check my email. I get those three most important things done first before oh, I, I do anything else so that my day starts off productive. And every day I do that to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm moving forward every day in my business. Nice. And I think that's really smart. So getting getting the important stuff done first, it's really allowing you to prioritize that. Yeah, because a lot of, you can waste so much time on Facebook or turning on TV mm-hmm. or sitting there on your email messing around, you know, on Amazon shopping. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not being productive. And then when you have your own business, the most important thing is that you don't have anyone pushing you. It's just sure. you. So you have to be self-motivated. And yes. so you have to be organized, self-motivated, and every day in some way move your, your business forward. Yeah. Um, so then how can those that don't have the, the bond that you've created with your family, that maybe they're work, either working with family and they don't have that bond or they don't and they just have colleagues that they're working with, how can they create a deeper bond? Um. Depending on the situation you're in, I mean, I know some companies don't like employees to go out together after work and mix personal and business and da 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 But uh, I think any way that you can, you know, get somewhat close with somebody, the people that you're working with is a good thing. Um, you know, there are times where I'm down and sometimes my family won't be the first to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. It'll be the outside guys in my band to pick up on it. And again, when you're with somebody six, seven days a week, it's almost like a marriage. Like yeah. you're married to like like I look at people and they go, "Are you married?" I go, "Yeah, to five guys." Yeah. <laughs> and they look at me like, "You know what?" I go, "Yeah, I have a girlfriend, but I'm with my band more than I almost am with her." Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. kind of sucks, but you know, the the outside guys, I don't even look at them as outside guys. I look at them as family. They look they come to me and go, "You know, what's going on, man? Are you doing okay?" Yeah, I'm dealing with a little, you know, friction with my dad right now. You know, things are a little tough. Well, you know, well, tell me about it. What's going on? It's nice to have somebody outside the family to bounce ideas with about my family. Mm-hmm. And vice versa with them. You know, Vin, some things are, are bothering me with things. I go, okay, so everybody's kind of the li- liaison for everybody. And I feel that makes for such a smoother work experience. If nobody's talking to anybody, that's when people start letting things build up. Sure. That's when people keep things in. That's when people let their outside problems affect their work. Because mm-hmm. you, you never know what a person's dealing with. If you have somebody that's working with you in the day, God forbid you don't know their mom just died. God forbid you don't know they just got divorced. God forbid you don't know. And and something's affecting their work. But you don't want to cross that line like, hey, uh, is everything okay? What's mm-hmm. What's going on? You know, and if they're able to talk to you and go, you know, everything's fine, but but this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let's take five minutes from work and, you know, let's let's talk about this. What, what's going on? Like, tell me about it. If you show that compassion and that kindness to somebody, A, they're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. B, they're going to go to the nines to 
to make the work that you're doing together better. C, you developed a friendship with that person. It's it's all positive things, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's it's like that. And with any of my colleagues, I haven't had a real job in a long time, but from what I remember, when you spend that amount of time with people, regardless of family or not, you get close to each other, mm-hmm. you know? And it's it's a cool thing. And at the same token, you know, watch out getting too close to people. If you're a girl and a guy, yes. you know, you don't want to mix that kind of pleasure with business because god is that how you show that yeah that's that's like my my symbol instead of that this is the pg version (laughs) this is the new emoji and then we have the other version Mm -hmm. when i was you know in Mm -hmm. ninth grade but um you know watch what things you mix with work Mm -hmm. any mistakes along the way that you're willing to share every day (laughs) every day i do something that i go i shouldn't have done that but if i didn't do it all the things that were successful wouldn't have happened either. So you got to be willing to take a risk. You got to be, like you said earlier, putting the work in because it's show business. That business part is a big part of that whole situation. So you got to be good with your money. And now I know why a lot of entertainers don't want their children going into it because it's so much hurt and ridicule. And now with Facebook, Mm. if somebody doesn't like it, they have no problem. You know what I'm saying? You could be a Barbra Streisand, the biggest star in the world, and they go, she can't sing. Who does she think she is? Why does she want to produce? It's like people just take a rest and either watch her or don't watch her. (laughs) We're not tying you down. You bought the ticket and Barbara, you pay two grand for it. So have fun. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the hard part about the digital age anymore is that people have so much more guts to Mm -hmm. keyboard uh, power, right? Keyboard bullies to say things that they never would say to our face. I'll get people saying nasty things to me and I learned my lesson. (laughs) I, I would want to come back mm-hmm. and I'm definitely more clever than the keyboard b- bully with uh, my black belt in reading people <laughs> but I made the mistake of doing it one time and then it just goes viral so mm. you have to just take it you delete it you take it and you go okay mm. and uh where the old days I wouldn't wouldn't know somebody thought that so someone said something you snap back and right. then somebody f- sees that right. well goes, they threw oh. a pebble and I hit him with a boulder and then they go oh well, if, if you want to go to war, be careful what weapon you use because we might have a better one. Right, right. Um, so can you share an action item or a bold takeaway for our listeners? Um, the only thing I would say is if there's something that you want to do, don't hesitate. Just do it. Like when I decided I wanted to go to school, mm-hmm. I went there to look at the school. I signed up and started two weeks later. Yeah. Don't wait around. Life is too short. Just do it. I agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely agree bold action item uh have a nice like niche in what you choose to do i think always helps you don't want to do something that a thousand people are doing you want to be good at something that people need that not a lot of people are doing i always felt was cool um number two for me i have to practice this all the time is is be tactful Mm. know and learn how to say things i'm still learning how to do that i am not a pro at that by any means so I practice that. And number three, um, be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that you work with, I mean, look at the world we live in. Look how divided we are. Look if you've even opened your mouth about politics, it turns into a hate fest. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't used to be like that. You know, I don't care if you're a conservative or Republican, if you're green, white, black, brown, purple, Asian. I don't care what you are. Just be kind. If you be kind to one another, you can't imagine the things you can create within your business, outside of your business, in your community, in your town, it's its a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more people that are kind, the more ripples we have, the better it'll be. Mm-hmm.
you know, so that's, yeah. So like a, some advice from you, if they could walk out of here, it's like a big kick-ass takeaway. So they could go be a share in person? Just be a, be better at the things that they do or um, use some of the things that you've learned along the way to not make some of the same mistakes. From, from a business perspective, um, I, I think you need to really look at your contracts. Mm. You have to be able to say no. But you have to be able to walk away if you say no. So if you're going to call somebody's bluff, make sure you're willing to take the consequence. Um, be able to be uh, quick in, in your thought and your question. Uh, people would have – this is a tip, I'll t- I, and I tell people. When they come up to me and they say, um, uh, I, 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 was, I, I was thinking of um, possibly putting a new character in co- – I go, let me just tell you something for the future. No, you can't put the new character in, but here's what you're going to learn, and next time you can. When you stop and you break and you keep stopping like that, you give somebody like me enough time that I've already figured out how I'm going to tell you no. So you gave me that opportunity to let you go through this 15-minute uh-uh-uh, and then I said no because I've already rehearsed in my head how I'm going to do it. So (laughs) become the person that has that quick, if you fire at me and I don't expect it, then you got to have a better chance. So rehearse it. Know how you're going to do it. And don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Because if you really feel you deserve it and you're good enough to do it, come in with that confidence. Come in with the confidence. I love that. Let's talk about some top five kick-ass. As you know, this is my favorite part of the whole show. And especially when we have a special guest like Frank Marino here with us today. It's hard to pull it all together into a top five. But if we could, let's do it. Number one is to dare to reinvent. If there's ever a person that has done reinvention over and over and really pushed that, it's Frank. And he's done it here in Las Vegas. He's done it with the types of shows, pushing the entertainers that are around him, and then creating and transforming what's happening in entertainment here in Las Vegas as well. So dare to reinvent in the businesses that you are in, in the the organizations that you work with as well. Number two is commit to the change. Don't look back. So if you find yourself in a place of transition, commit to it. It isn't about a dabble here, a dabble there. Kind of look at uh, your previous uh, life or the previous thing, the thing that you're leaving as an ex-boyfriend. It's never a good idea to dabble with an ex-boyfriend, right? (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. So you want to make sure that you're committing to the change, that you're focused on the future, and don't look in the rearview mirror. Number three is learn how to disagree. And I love that in saying be tactful, but have conversations around when things aren't working between you and I, what are we going to do about it? If we don't have it, have the conversation here, then how do we have the conversation later? But let's not, let's not forget to have the conversation or should we allow each other to cool off and kick each other's ass later? Do we punch each other in the face? What, what works? And learn how to disagree for, for, you know, before you have those problems, fix the roof before it rains, because once you learn how to disagree, then you can do it more effectively. And number four is really about entertain. I love the way that that Frank framed it for us today in saying that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I'm selling apples and you got oranges. If if the audience is loving it, then go with it. Go with what you got. Give the people what they want. Entertain. Know what it is that your strengths are and be ready to, to be nimble enough to be able to entertain on the fly. And number five is to love hard. Be kind. Love hard. It's part of our philosophy here at the at the hot box. This world is a crazy place these days. And the more that we can love one another, the more powerful it can all become. There's your top five kick ass. Hey, this is Mike Lossmasiu Broadcast. We just 
arrived here in Belfast, Ireland, and you might want to check out Randy Stankovic at the Strategic Hotbox. Check it out. This is Nick with the Vegas Video Network. You're watching the Strategic Hotbox with Dr. Brandy Stankovic. Hey guys, Stacy from Season 2, Naked and Afraid XL here. Wanted to give a shout out to my girl, Brandy Stankovic, on the Strategic Hotbox. Check her out. What's up, what's up? It's your boy Liko. I'm a professional dancer, choreographer, and designer. You are listening to Brandy Stankovic on Strategic Hotbox. Peace out. And thank you to all of you for following us here on the Strategic Hotbox. Head out to our website or to Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Look us up. Hit us up. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.